Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing The Single Life. So, I don't have any hot goss for you at the moment. I might have something for you in a future episode, but for now, nothing really to discuss. We're just going to hop right into the episode. So, Single Life Season 4, Episode 5, Natalie's Big Break. Lord, we're going to get to that. That was that was great. But before we do, let's talk about Chantel. So, it's the next morning. We got the friends cooking some breakfast. Um, does this girl do anything? No. She tells them that the date was good. She enjoys the height of him. Gotta love tall man. Gotta love it. Yeah, we all do. Um, I, I'm, I'm five. Oh, what's my height? I'm about five feet to five one, somewhere there in the middle. And my boyfriend is six three. That's a lot of height. <laughs> but we all love a tall man, don't we? So she loves one too. Um, so Mooney asks, did your ass get cracked? Did we eat bananas? Lord Jesus, there are ways to say, did you fuck? Then all of this, like, I don't think I've actually talked about this actually. I think it came, I can't remember how it came to my attention, but it came to my attention that Mooney actually was on, um, my big fat fabulous life. And I thought he looked familiar because I remember seeing him and I'm just like, wait a minute, do I know you? But left it at that. And that's where I found out that yes, he actually was on my big fat fabulous life. But um I do remember Whitney going to a twerking class with some other people. Like, I feel like Buddy was there too. But anyways, that's where he was. So that leads me to just think all over again because I believe they went to a studio or did Moody come to the to her studio? I can't remember where she had the um the dance studio. I'm not sure how it went again because it was just a while back. But does he live then in North Carolina and we just found him? <laughs> I don't think come to think of it, um from my understanding, North Carolina is not far from Atlanta. Like it's within driving distance, I believe. So maybe, maybe, you know, anyway. So she is not ready for a one night stand in Greece. Yet all she keeps talking about is the cucumber and all of this and all of that. And it's like, okay, Chantel, like, first of all, listen, it's okay to have a three, um, three song. Jesus, guys, what's wrong with me? It's, it's okay to have a threesome too, though. It's fine if that is what you want. It is okay to have a one night stand in another country or even a New York country. Who cares? It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly normal. You should experience that once or whatever. Do you know, just hit it and quit it and be done with it. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, I don't know why she doesn't think that way. And again, marriage changes your outlook on things, but I mean, even after I decided I was getting a divorce, I still had some fun. I mean, I was kind of trying to figure out if any of these guys would be a potential. They were not. But it was fine. It didn't work out. Thank you for 
your service <laughs> and move on to the next. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Anyway, she wouldn't mind having a kiss, though. She's okay with that. Just no one-night stands, I guess. She says Pedro was a player. And that she just doesn't want, like, I guess a repeat of that. Or, with like, she doesn't want, like, Giannis to be that way. And, uh, again, I don't think Pedro is a player or let's be phrased, was a player. Am I a hundred percent believer? I'll say it again and I'll keep saying it. Am I a believer that there was infidelity? Yes. I'm not sure if this started right away, if that started as time went on, or if he got this boost of confidence with his new job, if that just is kind of how it started. I don't know. I don't care, but I don't think it started off with him being a player. And again, we can all make a player fall in love. Like, and I think that if, if, if he was a player, like this playing devil's advocate, if he were a player, he fell in love with her. And I do believe that, but she's so, it has to be one way or another. It has to be either he loved me and maybe, he, you know, whatever, but if he loved me, he would have stayed with me. So therefore he never loved me. He was playing me whatever, whatever, all the things that were being said about him from the very beginning, she's just fallen right into. And it's just like, okay, but again, to the therapy, I think it's important for her to have it because I think she needs a therapist to kind of come in from the outside and say, listen, you're saying that, you know, Mama Karen and what your whole family were, was saying the shit. Is it possible that your family influenced how you're seeing things. And what if how they're making you think it is, is not actually how it is. Because at the end of the day, her family is xenophobic. At the end of the day, I I don't want to say she is. I don't, I don't know if she is, but at the same time, she, I think she does exploit this, this like, her Americanism, if that makes if that makes sense. So that's why she wants to have these international relationships when it's like, but why would you go through the same thing again? And how is that going to work? You are, you were only married to this man for seven years. Okay. So as of the time of this, you are responsible for him for another three. How are you sponsoring him? And like sponsoring an international man. You could never do it. And like, this is the common sense of it, of how does this actually work? It didn't work. What is this fascination with her? Because she needs to have this fairy tale. Like, she really does this fairy tale idea of what love is and it's just like no it's no she doesn't live in the real world which is why i'm also just so over this and i wonder if this is how it's always been and we just never saw that because her and pedro were already established when they were introduced to us 
So we didn't see all the stuff beforehand. We just saw them engaged and gonna get married. That's it. It's it's curious to know if that is um this is how she was with him too. Anyway. So she says that she just wants love so much. She doesn't just want to move sorry, she doesn't want to move too fast, but she also wants to speed things up to get to know him more because again, I think in this case she's thinking about my biological clock. I only have three more years before my eggs are geriatric and it's just like okay we gotta stop with this i understand scientifically speaking our eggs are dwindling and scientifically are considered geriatric but it's just like we still have time you have you know maybe roughly eight or so years before you really have to worry but again freeze your eggs if you're so concerned like that's something like i've actually looked into i've thought about doing because i'm of the same age as Chantel, and i'm like okay if it doesn't happen then i am going to look into freezing my eggs because i want to be sure that i do have children just in case you just never know so it's not the end all be all because you can't have kids naturally, I guess. Science has evolved where we, as women, should not have to worry too much about our chances of being parents. You have so much there waiting for. Now, I do understand her feeling of Pedro's wasted my time, you know the best years of my life. I could have been having kids, would have been a non-issue, all of this. I hear all of that. I understand that. I would have resentment towards him as well for those things because kind of again, going back and watching their old seasons um, and kind of realizing she tried to have kids with him. She wanted to have kids with him. But what I think is also very interesting is that, like, I just finished actually watching their last season of, um, I think it's HEA, the last season of HEA before they went on to their own show, and how Nicole actually makes a comment to them saying, how could you have children when your families are split like this? How could you bring a child into a a marriage like this? And I wonder if that did get implanted in Pedro's mind of, she's right, how could I? And I wonder if that's what stopped him. I really do. Now, do I hear all of that? Absolutely. But again, I think boundaries were set too late and nothing could have fixed anything. And I also think his family is too involved just as much as Chantel's family was. The difference is, is that he kind of was able to establish some sort of relationship with her family that was healthy. Chantel never did that. 
And I think Chantel also just did not want to do that. She didn't want to. She and I I mean, I'm not saying his family is perfect. They're not. But what I thought was also very interesting, kind of going back here a little bit, this is the last thing I will say about Pedro and her relationship. The one thing that Lydia says here in a previous season, in the HAA season, this is the one where we saw Karima dancing up on Pedro. She says, listen, you don't got to like me. It's fine. You don't have to like me, but you do need to respect me. And she's correct. You don't have to like his mom or his sister or any other family member of his, but you should respect them. And respect does not mean like to do different things. So the hairdresser is now going to get her um, her dues in. Well, her dues, actually. She's going to work for her trip and start getting her hair done. Hairdresser being, what's her name again? I don't remember. Anyways. Um, but now it's later that day meeting up with Giannis and some of his friends are here. He does think that she's a cool person. However, it is important that his, um, sorry, it's important that they have the same values when it comes to family and the future in order to take this relationship or whatever the heck it is to the next step. Um, and then he's like feeding her grapes and shit, and it's very suggestive how she's eating it and like staring at him in the eyes. And so then they kind of go off on their own, doing their own thing. And she asks him, What exactly is he looking for? And he would like to be able to settle down, have kids. And he kind of is like, You know, it's just a matter of finding the right person to do that with. And, and she's like, Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. And he's like, but you are close to the person that I can envision that with. So she thinks about having kids all the time, as we know. And this is where she says, like, her eggs will be geriatric soon and all that. So Giannis asks, what happened to your marriage? And this is where she says, well, his family hated me. Honey, that's not, that's, that's not the reason why. She also says that he was using her for a green card, which again, I don't think that's true at all. You're painting this picture of her ex. That's, or sorry, your picture, you're painting a picture of your ex to make him look like the bad guy when that's not the truth. Giannis, I would suggest you watch her last seasons. Maybe then you'll get an idea of what exactly happened. And I don't know, maybe avoid it. I'm not saying that she doesn't deserve to be happy, but I think she needs to realize her part in this before she just blames Pedro all willy-nilly because he is not the only factor as to why their marriage ended. He's one half of the reason their marriage ended, but a lot is on her and a lot is on him. Anyway, she does say at this point, like, her ideal man would be an orphan just so that she doesn't have to deal with family drama and he's like oh no that's not good because his family is very important to him and again this is where i said before 
you're not ready for a relationship. If you think that any relationship you're in is going to be horrible because his family is going to treat you like shit. Not every family is going to treat you like shit. There are some people in, in families that might or might not or whatever. Every situation is different. But again, Chantel, it's partially on you too. It's not just his family. I mean, I'm going to say here it's probably like a good 80 20. <laughs> 80 to the family, his family, because they're horrible. But it's, I don't know. I don't know. And again, I think a lot of the animosity they had towards Chantel was because of her family. And that was because she kept telling her family everything. And that is on you. You did that. Yeah. And again, also the whole situation with the fight that happened between Pedro and River didn't help things. Not so much the fight itself, but Chantel's reaction to it and blaming Pedro for everything. And that is unfair because from what I've seen, from what I understand, River called him the N-word and Pedro reacted. I think anyone in that situation would have reacted. And instead, Chantel just kept blaming Pedro because of course her brother could do no wrong. Anyways, he does, Giannis, kind of reassure her, like, you know, all the things that happened with his family and you, like, that won't happen. My family's not like that, blah, blah, blah. But then he asks her, like, would you stay here? And she's like, well, it's beautiful here. And she's like, you know, would you give me a reason to? He's like, yeah, I think I I could give you a a good thing here that, you know, might make you want to stay. And he kisses her. And then they go into the water and they're kissing some more and the friends are all there watching. And she says here that she felt his passion. She didn't see his passion or grab his passion, but she felt it. (laughs) I guess it passed the Greek salad test, I guess. I'm sorry that I even said that. Anyways. Um. She does worry, in the grand scheme of things, if she is setting herself up for heartbreak again. And I said, well, I think even if she were to date a guy who is American, you're always setting yourself up for heartbreak. But that is a risk you take if you want to find love and be in love or have family or the traditional sense of 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 the word family. So, yeah. That's that's life. But anyways, that's it for Chantel. Let's move on to Veronica slash Tim slash Jamal slash this 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 shit. Uh, oh God, I'm I'm gonna. I have very few notes on this, but I have so many thoughts. So we are still at where where we left off with the fight and Jamal being a dick, and you know, kind of again saying like, you know, you're acting like you're the ugh, I can't anymore. Tim feels disrespected, obviously, and I think that's, again, I think I would do. And Veronica says, Timothy, like he did something wrong. And I'm thinking, Veronica, shut the fuck up. Your man's just said that she tells me everything. I know the truth. You're here talking shit about Tim to Jamal, who has very few 
maturity cells in his freaking body to know to keep his mouth shut. We see it happens again next fucking week. This man is not a boyfriend material. He's the kind of guy you fuck and move on from. That is it. And she's over here being like, Timothy, like Tim did something wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, bitch, Tim did nothing wrong here in this case. Anything that Tim could have said about Jamal, and he admits here, I admit I talk shit about Jamal, but that's a low blow. Absolutely. Tim could have been out here talking all kinds of shit. We all are, Veronica. We all are talking shit here about this weird fucking relationship. It's not because you're with a younger guy. It's because the younger guy is a fuck boy and is immature. And it's just like, come on. He's mature when it has to come to his mom because he needs to be. But in every other aspect of his life, the last thing he wants to be is mature. And Veronica needs a mature man. In my honest opinion, I think any woman past the age of 30 needs a mature man. We don't need a little boy who's going to waste our fucking time and just throw my ass under the bus with my ex and the person who has, who is raising my kid. It's bullshit. And she want to be out here like, Timothy? No. Fuck this shit. Anyways. Um, Veronica admits that Jamal doesn't know why he doesn't like Tim. He simply just doesn't like Tim because Tim doesn't like Jamal. Oh my God. Who knew? We're back at high school. What the guy? I'm sorry, but that's childish. It's childish to be like, oh, I don't like somebody because they don't like me. You don't have to be friendly friendly with the person who doesn't particularly like you. You don't have to be fake, but you don't have to make things worse. You can't just be like, okay. You don't like me. I don't know why you don't like me. Maybe we can talk about why you don't like me, but I don't dislike you. But at the same time, I'm not going to be buddy buddy with you. So I'm going to keep my distance, stay over here, be civil to you because you are an important person in Veronica's life. You are an important person in her daughter's life, her as being her, the father she knows. So I'm going to keep it over here and let you figure your shit out. But Jamal doesn't have that maturity. He's just over here being like, he doesn't like me and I don't like him because he doesn't like me. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, I don't understand. Grow. You want to be over? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. His dick can't be that good. I'm sorry. Because again, that is how their relationship started. (laughs) Because she thought he was hot and they had sex. Like, that's it. So I'm going to go there. His dick cannot be that good that you're going to be over here being like, you know, yeah, like, no. And then she wants to say, like, because Tim's like, so him running off is a show of his maturity then. And Veronica's like, well, yeah, I'd rather my man go take a breather without causing more issues. Honey. He literally said, watch me sucker punch this guy in the face and then I'm going to leave and take the quote unquote breather. No, he's just going to talk more shit. And his Tweedledee and Tweedledum friend need to Tweedle themselves out of this picture because you've, 
you have nothing to contribute to this conversation. If anything, you're going to make things just a little bit worse. So with that, um, his friends asked, like, why do you care so much about what Tim thinks or how Tim feels? Which is true. That's a good question to ask. Why does he care? But he says, which is true here too, Veronica cares. It's not so much that I care, Veronica cares. And as he says, he cares about Veronica, so he cares what she has to say. But I'm just like, oh God, like maybe you do have to set a boundary and say, listen, you might care what he thinks. I don't. I want you to be happy and secure in what you need. And if that's Tim's acceptance, then fine. But I'm not over here waiting for him to accept me. But again, Jamal doesn't have that maturity level to say that. No, instead, he's going to join in the drama and then add fuel to the fire. That's all Jamal is capable of doing. He says, like, there's so many moving parts. He says this to the friends. And um, he's like, but I like her. She's cool. Again, not enough. And he says that Tim is the biggest factor why he doesn't want to move. That's bullshit. You don't want to move for a multitude of other reasons. Maybe Tim is one of those reasons, but it's not the main factor. You just want to put that out there to be like, what was me? And it's, I don't buy it. You don't want to move to, to there because you actually probably don't give that much of a shit about her. So why would you uproot your life to move to a different state altogether? Number two, as we find out from uh, from Kim and Pillow Talk last week, you just moved back to San Diego. So why would you want to pick yourself back up and move back, go to a different state altogether again? You just moved from New York back to San Diego. And now you're going to go from San Diego to North Carolina to Charlotte? No, you're not. So that I can believe as well. So no, I don't think Tim is the biggest factor. I really don't. And if anything, again, if you could think past yourself for a second, let's pretend for a minute that's true. I think the best thing to solve the issue is if maybe you did live in Charlotte. Maybe if this relationship is being developed and Tim is seeing that, maybe over time Tim is like, you know what? I I spoke too soon. You guys are great. Whatever. I mean, I don't think Tim will go that far, but you know what I mean? Like he might apologize for anything that he may or may not said, but I think Tim can see the writing on the wall, which we all could see. Was Tim being a lot? Yes. But Tim is saying everything that we all are as an audience in that moment in the, in the last tell all are like, what the fuck? Like, yes, get yours. Someone should. When it came to Jamal, because Jamal was probably one of the, probably still is, let's be real, is one of the hottest guys to come out of this, especially as an ancillary character. Go for it. Get it. But if anything that made things so much more worse for Jamal, Jamal should have never got involved with anybody in this franchise. Because after that day, I'm like, ew, I no longer find you attractive. I feel like this doesn't make anything better. Are you a good looking guy? Absolutely. Do I want to ever be anywhere near you? No. 
Absolutely not. You have literally Sahara just down there, just Sahara, just dry as a bone. Because <laughs> he's an asshole. Anyway, he does go back to the group. And even though he's had this kind of conversation that maybe can shed some light as to maybe how what he's thinking or how he's feeling he still goes back and acts like a little fucking punk to tim and it doesn't get any better as we will see next week he's an asshole and i don't understand why veronica finds this at all appealing Ugh. anyways that's it have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now well you can you can definitely do this by visiting a website called podmatch where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on or you can even search for a podcast and say i want to i want to guest on your podcast i think we'd be a good match so if you want to do this you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality, and you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and you can be a guest on our podcast. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast. Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. 
and you can get access to that sounds, I'm thinking, easy software. Natalie is there. This is fucking great. This, Natalie, stay as you are. Stay the same. Never change, girl, because this is, this is, this is, this is great. So she has a car, guys. Josh bought her a car. And she loves it because it has air conditioning. <laughs> That's not what she said. I'm just talking about. He says, um, it wasn't unplanned to get this car, but she was working so hard. So he awarded her with a thing on four wheels that goes beep, beep when you hit the horn. Anyway, so Josh is out of town for work at the moment, but he did set up an interview for her with well, his cousin, actually, who owns a chiropractic clinic called The Joint. She loves the name. She thinks it's cute. So they are hiring for a receptionist. And she shows up at the at the interview and shows her around. And she says to us here that she's scared of chiropractors because she actually had a bad experience with one, which I can't remember if we knew this before, but she got into an accident while she was still with Mike. She got into an accident, or I don't know if she actually she was even still with Mike. She might not have been. She got into an accident in Seattle. Um, and she actually, no, I think we did. Didn't she have surgery and it was pertaining to this? Maybe. I can't remember. But anyway, she had a bad accident or had an accident in Seattle. She went to see a chiropractor, I guess, to help with the pain. And instead, they did some crack thing that just didn't go good. So she is scared of chiropractors. So anyway, we're getting to the actual interview aspect here. And Josh's cousin, as we actually found out here, met Natalie before. He was at the dinner thing in the last season where she looked miserable as ever. Anyway, he asked her, so do you have a resume? She says yes, but it's in Ukrainian. And he's like, oh, well, I probably should brush up on my Ukrainian then, shouldn't I? So she doesn't have a resume that has been translated into English. Maybe she could have done that with us finding out that he's met her before. He actually says, I'm kind of shocked that Josh and Emily are still together. (laughs) Because that that whole thing did not go good for my memory. Because he's like, I'm shocked they're still together. But hey, anyways. Um, so he asked, like, what kind of experience do you have with customer service? As this is a receptionist job, right? And you do have to talk to people, interact with with people. She says she has experience selling books. But oh wait, she does have experience answering phones and stuff like that, photocopying the usual stuff. But he asks, where did you have this experience? It's probably somewhere back in Ukraine because as we've been told, she hasn't worked since being in America. So she's like, oh, I don't know. It's complicated. So he's like, okay, so what if I ask people what they like like about you or what they think about you? Like, what would they say? And she's like, huh, hmm. I don't know. Um, Well, you know what? Josh would actually say that I'm needy. 
y'all, she literally told a potential employer that if you ask his fucking cousin, he would say I'm needy. This is where you fake it to make it. You don't say those things. If you don't fucking know what someone might say about you, then you start putting out all of the positives. You could say that you're detail-oriented, you have good time management, I'm punctual, I'm reliable, not fucking needy. Oh my god. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, so then she says, I'm, I mean, I don't want to go personal, but like, it's just so weird for me. He's like, do you know Josh's second child's mother? What the fuck? You're in an interview. Family member of Josh's or not, you're in a fucking interview. And he says, oh, um, no, I don't think so. I tend to stay out of his love life. <laughs> Jesus fucking grace. And she's like, oh, you don't know her either. She's a mystery woman, I guess. No, it's you're in a fucking interview asking about, and you don't think that's going to come back to him. You don't think that the cousin's going to say, listen, this bitch is batshit. She can't work for me. There's no fucking way. She literally said that she's fucking needy. I can't have someone needy as a receptionist. We're going to have problems. I've worked as a receptionist. You can't be fucking needy. The last thing people care about are your fucking needs as a receptionist. Not my place, though. My place was different. So, and I started off reception at my current position, reception, whatever, doesn't matter. And I'm like, huh, the last thing, the last thing. Oh, and then by the way, she also asked me if I know your, your baby mama, your second one. You don't think that's going to come back to him? I don't understand. Anyways, says, okay, so it was really great meeting you. This was great. This was so much fun. Um, I, I will contact you to let you know. He's never calling her. Just never calling her. She did not get that fucking job, guys. If she got that job, I will be shooketh. Because you know she got the job. Because Josh is like, for fuck's sakes, please give her the job. Otherwise, I'm going to pay for everything. <laughs> so Natalie is cooking in the next scene. Josh is going to be coming over dinner with a friend of his and his girlfriend so it's gonna be a double date with mom oh but guess what guys the friend he's a producer oh my okay so they show up and there's only four chairs available so guess what josh has to sit on the bed <laughs> She literally says to Josh, I am so sorry. We only have four chairs, Josh. I'm going to need you to sit on the bed. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll sit anywhere you want me to. He's like, that was weird. <laughs> so, so we make a toast, you know, kind of thanking everyone for coming. Um, And then she just homes right into the producer friend. And she's like, I love your movies. I actually want to read you Shakespeare I'm not professional, but I want to read you something in Shakespeare, in, in Russian. And he's like, oh, okay. So she's like, all right. 
okay, I'm going to reenact. I'm going to do, I'm going to try and do my best reality gaze here. And she's like, she looks down and then she looks up and she has like the, the gun close look in her eyes. I won't be ignored. Dan, that's the look she has in her eyes. And she, but she looks down and she looks back up and she's like, and in Russian, obviously, I'm not Russian, so I cannot say this in Russian. But she's like, I'm scared to meet you. It's scarier not to meet you. I began to wonder at everything. Shadows walk down the street. I don't understand whether they live or sleep, clinging to the church steps. I'm afraid to look back, and you're not there. You're there. And seen. <laughs> brava, Natalie, brava. This, this, I was like, wait, she's really doing this? And my mom's like, what is she doing? Like, she's doing a reading. <laughs> Just there. And the looks, the look that his girlfriend gave, which is like, what the fuck? She's like, I'm right by the door. Do I need to do escape? <laughs> My God. And her mom's like, that was beautiful. <laughs> this was so great. So, um, yeah, David, this is a producer friend, says, that was so nice. You're good. It was authentic. So, you know, we actually have this horror movie that we're going to be auditioning for. <laughs> <laughs> you're so fucking scary Natalie so we're gonna have to put you in a horror movie you might actually be the possessed one you, you could be like the little girl in the ring that's you that's that is you you are her she is you this is great this is so great um Josh was definitely not expecting this no Josh none of us were but he's like you know what it took a lot of guts and now dinner was a success. So, yay. And that's it for Natalie. This is so good. This is just peak single life. Um, last but not least, we have Tyree. We're just going to hurry on through this because, again, I, I, I don't enjoy talking about him. I, I, I don't, I'm not mean or anything. I just, he barely had a storyline that should have been on the show and B90. Like, anyway, so... It has been a few weeks now since the quote-unquote date that did not happen. So he is going to be going to New Orleans with his brothers. They want to get him, sorry, they want to get get Tyree some sort of action, something. Kiss, a touch, maybe he can get something in there. I don't know. That's what they're trying to see if something can happen. So we're there, we are in New Orleans, and he wants to have his first kiss while he's there. Okay. He envisions it to be on a boat with lights, kind of like in The Little Mermaid, when the frog is singing. Wait, when this dum-dum, who clearly loves Disney movies, I do too, I love Disney movies too, and he's like, you know, when the frog is singing, and I'm thinking, well, Sir, there actually is a frog that sings in a Disney movie. That's just not The Little Mermaid. And I think they were actually on a boat then, too. 
and you are in New Orleans where it was set. Maybe that's why you got confused, but nonetheless, we all know it's a lobster that looked like a crab, and his name was Sebastian. And even Sebastian is kind of like, no, sir. No. Not, no. I can't help you. He just wants to, he just wants to have a kiss in a blue lagoon. Possibly she wants to too. There is one way to ask her. You don't know why, but you're trying not to kiss the girl. That's not how the words go. But anyways, it's fine. So anyway. So his brother asks, what kind of girl do you like? Don't you know? He wants to marry. What's her face? Hillary Clinton. That's, That's who he wants. That is his ideal woman. He wants a modest haircut. You know? Shoulder length. He wants someone in, I don't know, New Balance or something. And he he wants, not that I have anything against New Balance. I have New Balance too. And he he wants someone who's in a pantsuit. That's exactly what he's looking for. Who may or may not have been cheated on by their husband because we just don't know whether or not he actually did have sexual relations with that girl. But we know he did. If not her, at least someone else. Because, yeah. So, he says everything. See, that's not good. You can't like everything. No one likes everything. You can be broad, or or, or abroad, but you could, in hindsight, kind of like, like, you don't limit yourself too much, but everyone has a limit. And Tyra doesn't know what that is. Not that I don't think Tyra doesn't know what that is. I think Tyra thinks I shouldn't limit limit myself because, well, I haven't gotten anything yet. So I don't know. But he says he wants an aggressive woman because he wants them to be able to make the first move. He doesn't feel comfortable doing that himself. So the brother says, you need to be like a bad guy. And the other brother kind of says, yeah, what he's trying to say is you need to have a little more edge, can I have some swag, you know? And that is true. I mean, again, like in retrospect, I think a lot of women, I think a lot of women are kind of like, oh, Tyra is so cute and he's so sweet and he's so kind and he's all these things. And it's like, yes, there's no doubt that he is all of those things. And that is great for a friendship. But don't sit here and pretend like that's someone you want to have sex with. And again, I don't want Tyree to lose himself in the in the grand scheme of things because then he will become an asshole. No one wants that. But what his brother is saying is you do need to have this really and truly what he's describing is not him being a bad guy. It's him having confidence. And Tyree doesn't have confidence. And that's the sad part about Tyrae. And I don't mean sad in a bad way. I mean, like, it's sad that he can't feel confident in what he has to offer. And I think a lot of that comes from his his weight and um and just his lack of experience. And you gotta start somewhere. 
right? And when it comes to the weight, well, that's that's always a work in progress. That's always something that you can work on. It doesn't have to hold you back. Um, I don't know. It's, you can still be overweight. Look at Biggie. Biggie was overweight too, but the man had this confidence that still never stopped any woman from wanting him, you know? And may he rest in peace, but that that's exactly it. That's, it doesn't matter your size because there is always going to be someone who doesn't give a shit about that. So, yes, but don't let it hold you back. So, anyway, we move on and we're going to this like bar. He orders a hurricane. Hurricane is apparently very brutal, but he sees these this table full of women who um, are on a girl trip themselves. And he kind of like, oh, they're cute. And he ends up walking up to them. The brothers are with, with him. And they're talking. And, and he, you know, first thing he introduces himself, you know, this one woman that he's kind of into has like these tattoos. Um, she's single. She's, I guess, the only one who is. Then Tyree says, well, you know, I used to be in this four-year relationship with a man. Oh, God. And they're like, what? And there's a the thing. Again, if he was in a relationship with a, with, a, with a man, fine. But obviously, that's not why he's saying it. Because if he was saying, I was in a relationship for four years, if he were to be um, gay of some sort, then, or gay of some sort, gay, then he would just say, I was in a relationship. So clearly, he's trying to point out the fact that I was in a relationship with a man for four years and that's not true i mean it's true obviously but for you you thought you were in a relationship with a woman the entire time and that you were not being catfished although i don't know how about how you didn't realize that but anyways um so the brothers were like oh wait wait wait, wait. it it was it, 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 yes it was but and then the women were like oh you're catfished and he's like, yeah, you could have just not put that. And the brother's like, yep, there he goes, trauma dumping. <laughs> he's just dumping all this trauma on these women. Um, but then him and the tattoo girl kind of go off by themselves. We're going to talk and get, get to know each other. And she says that she just got out of a long-term relationship. She was actually married. Um, and he tells her, like, you know, he did always feel that there was something off about Carmela. You did, because you never really said that on the season. So I'm not sure if you're just saying that or if you really did think that. And then why didn't you, I don't know, follow your gut? Moral of the story, everybody, follow your gut. So she doesn't usually talk to strangers, she says, but she kind of feels like he's genuine and they're going to plan to meet up again. So we'll see if that happens. But that is it for Tyree. That is it for the episode. So next time on, Debbie is in Miami. She's going to be meeting Ruben the Cuban. John is meeting her daughter. Oh, boy. Um, We're going to have a double date with Veronica and Tim. So we're going to have Veronica, Jamal, and Tim, and Louisa. And this is where Jamal says, oh, she compares us all the time. About Veronica. This fucking guy. Um, 
Natalie's mom wants to talk to Mike and Natalie calls him and she's like, Michael. And he's like, mama. And she then invites Mike to come to LA. Um, And Natalie is like, oh God. So anyways, Josh is actually going to have his own little time away, I guess, from Natalie. And he's not too sure about Natalie. He likes her, but, you know, his friends don't seem to be very confident when it comes to Natalie, which that's, 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 yeah. (laughs) But that is it for this episode. So if you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Again, we're on every different podcast app that you desire to use. Um, We're also on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, TikTok at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. You can email us at realitytimes2.com. We have a website at solo.to forward slash reality tea times two. Don't forget, I also have another podcast with my friend Mikel called The Next Take Podcast, where we have conversations and discussions about just about everything. And you can find us at our, our website at solo.to forward slash next take podcast, YouTube, and next take podcast. But that's basically it. Again, don't forget if you rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and the five-star rating, I will read that on the podcast. But that is it for now. Thanks, guys. Bye.